Hello, welcome to the last tag talk of 2022. My name is Kylie. This is Haley. And we went live a little bit early, so we'll take some time, let some people trickle in. Um, but the plan for today, basically, is that we're just going to have a good time. We're going to talk about our favorite tag team matches of the year, our favorite tag teams of the year, um, maybe some, you know, good tag team promotions, things like that. It's going to be super chill, super low key. We're just going to have a good time with it. So, all that being said, before we start talking wrestling, Haley, how was your Christmas? My Christmas I haven't was asked good. You. It was it was super low key. Um, I made dinner for my mom and I. Nice. It didn't turn out great, but that's, that's okay. Um, it was fun. I I always get Lucy presents every year. Lucy's my dog. If you guys don't know. Um, so I was super excited to see her open those presents. It's always a joy. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was super fun. How about yours? My Christmas was very busy, but I had a very, very good time. I got this really cool House of Black shirt, and we're going to talk House of Black today because I have some House of Black favorite matches. We're kind of um, matching, by the way. Hmm? I said we're kind of matching, by the way, the black. Oh, yeah, uh, totally unintentional, too. I'm giving oh, you really a heart vibe today. I just need the hat. Maybe one day you can show up as Julia Hart. <laughs> Maybe. I, I think it'll be great. It is kind of cold in Florida, but we're making do where I'm so ready to talk about tag team wrestling. 2022 was like, kind, in my opinion, at least kind of a weird year for tag team wrestling. Like, not just AW, not just WWE, not just Impact, whatever, but like, like overall, the whole tag team wrestling landscape was a little weird. And I have my 2022 match of the year list. There are some tag team matches on here, but unsurprisingly, a lot of them are FTR. And I see our good friend Jackie Rodriguez in the chat. And I know that FTR family, we stick together. <laughs> so <laughs> we, ha we have to, we have to band together and protect yeah. ourselves because. It's hard out here for y'all. It's a wild west for our yeah. fans. We're fighting for our lives every day. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's some great FTR tag team matches, but also Dax Harwood had a great singles run. And I'm really excited to talk about that. So, oh, and I also have to say, if you guys want your, like, question, your comment, whatever, right on air, if, like, you want us to talk about your favorite tag team or your favorite tag team match, send a super chat and we'll do that because... Like I said, this is going to be super low-key. It's the day after Christmas. We're just going to have fun with it. And I don't want anybody to feel left out. I want this to be our little group reflection circle. Reflection. I love that. The 2022 reflection. 2022 reflection. Um, so I'm just looking at, like, my match of the year list. And I'm trying to find just, like, a two-on-two -two tag team match that we can just... Oh, the acclaimed. Should we talk about the acclaimed? Yeah, and the, the wild 2022 the acclaimed have had. Man, <laughs> what a year for them! Actually, I and I did a piece on the acclaimed. Um, if you guys want to read that and check it out, it's on my Twitter. But just the journey that they've had, and just how they've been able to get so organically over with the fans and put on such incredible matches. I mean, the set of um 
matches that they had with Swerve and Our Glory are some of my favorite mm-hmm. matches, tag matches from this year. Um, and they're just keeping the momentum going into 2023. Yeah, I'm a little skeptical about this Jeff Jarrett situation that (laughs) has not just with the acclaimed but like tag team wrestling in general i'm a little skeptical of the jeff the jeff jarrett dynasty but i think the acclaimed the fact that they've um they've won a lot of people over i know uh in my personal life my wrestling friends a lot of people didn't buy into the acclaimed until they won the titles which is so weird to me um on my match of the year list is actually the match from all out where The, the acclaims were so unexpectedly over and that people were really, really wanted them to beat Swerve in Our Glory. Um, and then, of course, they didn't call the audible, which I thought was a big mistake. But this is a reflection circle. We're focusing on positives. Um, and I really, the acclaimed, I've always enjoyed them. They've had some issues, you know, with injuries, which I think have really hurt their momentum a lot. And I think daddy ass and the whole scissor me daddy ass thing has for as dumb as it is as like silly and just like annoying as it is i think it's really helped push them to the next level and i'm excited for the acclaimed i want the acclaimed to do i mean i i don't expect them to hold the titles for like a year or whatever but i really hope that they lose the titles in a big program if not ftr then some someone else private party someone so we have a dad joke super chat which oh no okay i feel like people every time we get a dad joke we have to preface it you can send your dad jokes uh ryan uh is like our dad joke he's our supplier yeah and he he shows up with the dad jokes and if he doesn't mess them up so that being said what is the digital camera's new year's resolution I don't know. 1080p. Listen, I love that. As somebody who does like videography and photography, thank you. I love that. That was a good one. I really enjoyed it. Um, What is also, which I think should be Tony Khan's New Year's resolution, is elevating private party. A private party versus the acclaimed in a tag title program would be so cool, especially if private party won. And maybe I'm in the minority on that, but I don't want to see the ass boys win the titles. I don't want to see. And I, I feel like people think I hate on them too much, but I, I don't, I, I, I don't enjoy them, but I like see the potential there regardless. Um, I think, yeah, I think the acclaimed in 2022, I think there's something so special there. And I think Tony Khan really needs to do his best to replicate that however he can for other tag teams and it's organic and it's natural and it is what it is but i think aw fans want to get behind the private parties of the world and the butchers and the blades of the world and like these tag teams that have kind of gotten lost in the young bucks ftr shuffle um so yeah maybe that's my like my new year's resolution for AEW's tag team division um you bought you brought up uh butcher and blade and i just wanted to say this um I wasn't sure about the whole, like, stable thing that they're part of right now. But, like, <laughs> when you take everybody else out and you just have Kip, the Bunny, Penelope, and Butcher, and Blade, oh, money right there. So good. Oh, good. That's all you need. Like, they are so good together. And I saw someone on Twitter, and I don't remember who it is, but maybe someone in the chat knows, um, 
they were talking about how similar Butcher Blade and Bunny and Kip are to House of Black. And I don't I think you could have those two um those two factions running at the same time. I think there's enough of a difference. It's like cult like metal vibes versus like hardcore rock and roll like scary movie vibes. They're similar, but I think they're different enough you could run them at the same time and in a program together would be absolutely incredible. And maybe we should make like a 2023 tag talk wish list. Number one, Butcher and the Blade doing something. <laughs> but I mean, even if you throw in somebody else, like an Abaddon or something in there, and then we get like uh, Bunny, Penelope, and Julia and like Abaddon or something like that. Like, that's so good. Oh. Yeah. And AW, for what it's worth, um, they've done a lot of work in their women's division and January is going to be big for AEW. It's we've said on tag talk before. It's kind of like um, a throwaway month for AEW because Wrestle Kingdom's hanging around, whatever, but like how AEW contends with like the new Japan issue. Um, not that it's an issue, but the new Japan Wrestle Kingdom and the Soraya thing and Tony storm is back. Where's Thunder Rosa, all this stuff. Um, I think that will be our big sign for the year to come. So AEW cannot mess up January. If they mess up January, like you start the year off so bad. Like we're recovering and AEW needs to keep recovering. Yeah, we're in a good spot. Women's division, good spot. Tag team division, good spot. Trios, good. We're we're doing the best we can. Uh, And basically, I think AEW, like if they drop the ball with the acclaimed, specifically if like the claims lose the titles in like a horrible angle or something like that oof oof <laughs> i'm trying to find okay there's not a on my i did a top 22 matches of 2022 list and there's not a single wwe tag team match but i have one yes i know you do so <laughs> i'm gonna be like i'm gonna give the floor to Haley. she can do it <laughs> I, I only have one. Um, obviously, you know, the WWE tag division in shambles. But a match that I did enjoy uh, this year was the Street Profits and the Usos at Money in the Bank. I think that that is the best match that they've had in, uh, like, their program together. Mm-hmm. I thought it was so good. Um, the Usos, I mean, there's never a question that they're going to lose um, the titles or matches. But I just think the Street Profits looked so strong here, and specifically uh, Dawkins. I feel like everybody kind of always gravitates towards Montez and, like, you know, talks about how great Montez is. But this was really kind of a point where I feel like people started to be like, no, like, Dawkins is, you know, he's got something there. Like, he's got potential. Um, So, yeah, I love that match so much. Yeah, and I think... I personally, and I don't want to focus um, too much on sort of negative stuff because I want this to be like a happy thing. But I will admit I have been kind of disappointed with um, the WWE tag team division under Triple H. So I think for in 2023, AEW and WWE are kind of in a similar boat where they have to, you know, fix their own respective tag team divisions. I'm worried about WWE, and I've talked about this on Twitter a little bit, going into WrestleMania, the ta- the Usos, of course, but also, you know, Roman Reigns and The Rock and whatever oh, is going on there. Yeah. The, the whole mess that 
you know, <laughs> WWE has created for themselves that now has no solution because it is what it is. But I really, really, really hope Triple H, like his, I hope his New Year's resolution is to, you know, you know, you don't even really have to call teams up from NXT, but really like build a strong tag team division. Um, because I think tag team wrestling has an important spot in wrestling. And I hate that, you know, Triple H, who ran NXT with all these great tag teams like FTR and DIY and all these teams that hasn't translated to his main roster booking, at least like in my opinion. So, and the women's tag team division, my God, like, what are we doing there? I don't even know, but I mean, maybe, maybe other people have enjoyed it. I don't know. You know, there's always, there's always someone who love it. And you know, we're not here to yuck anybody's yum. Um, Yeah. If you like it, you like it. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. There's nothing wrong with that. So we're so glad you're happy. <laughs> I'm so, so passive aggressive. I'm so sorry. It is what it is. But and I think a lot of people um I'm trying to say this not passive aggressively. I think they like the simplicity of the way WWE is booked, that they don't need to like within AEW, they don't need to know all these different things going on in wrestling. Like you can just watch WWE and you're good, you're golden. And if you miss something. Michael Cole will fill you in. Yeah, it's not a super big deal. And I think AEW fans, um, there's the whole like, oh, you don't know how to use Google thing, which is totally fair. You could Google someone. I'm not saying that everyone should just be spoon fed everything. But I do think especially, and we saw that with Forbidden Door, which I think Forbidden Door worked out in AEW's favor. But I think there was a lot of, um, you. there was a lot of either you had to know this stuff about New Japan or you had to look it up. And I think that's just a difference between AEW and WWE that will prevail regardless of who's in charge. And that's just the reality of the situation. Uh, but I did want to say, um, and uh, there's no Will Ospreay on my match of the year list. because He's on mine, surprisingly. I do not like him. Which <laughs> I think most people know at this point. But if you ha- don't know, there, really? there's a fun fact. I had absolutely no idea. I gen and it's not even a lie. Like it's not a gimmick or anything. I genuinely don't like Will Ospreay as a wrestler. But I will say, FTR versus Jeff Cobb and Greater Khan versus Rapungi Vice from Forbidden Door. That was my favorite match from Forbidden Door. It was a good match. I really enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it a lot more than Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy, which I did like. It's so funny because that's literally on my match of the year. <laughs> yeah, what number is it on your list? I don't think I don't think I have them in order, mm-hmm. but <laughs> they're not in order by any means. But it's yeah. towards the top. <laughs> towards but the they're top. They're not in order. But they're not in order. Well, I really can't judge you because you know what is on my list that I feel like is super controversial. Uh, Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville from WrestleMania. She I thought that was that, good. And I was like, you know what? I love that match. What? I re- genuinely, genuinely loved it. I loved it more than I loved CM Punk versus Dax Harwood. That's how much I love that match. Hmm. And you know what? That it is what it is. You know, again, we're not here to yuck anybody's jump. I'm not gonna yuck you. I'm not. You you will in private though. After the show, you'll be I like, already did. <laughs> I mean, yeah. so true. Um I don't even know why I brought up Forbidden Door, but <laughs> I think, okay, 
tag league in new japan has been a lot of fun i think a lot of people are disappointed though that um aussie open isn't like taking over new japan like people had expected they're not facing ftr at wrestle king i almost said wrestlemania oh my god <laughs> could you imagine <laughs> whoa forbidden door <laughs> but at wrestle kingdom not wrestlemania um i don't know the new japan tag division since the young bucks has just been blah like the young bucks golden lovers story uh in 2018 was like so powerful and like so impactful and so good that it's like that's such a high standard that new japan just doesn't have the tag teams to meet and i love gorillas of destiny i can tolerate aussie open you know her you know goto is fun but maybe i don't know what, what do you think let's let's give new japan a moment Haley. like we never give new japan a moment but junior tag league world tag league what is what do you think so <laughs> all right so oh, wow. new japan for me it's not something that i like used to watch like all the time oh. like, there wasn't like a super frequent viewer like i keep up with it but like i wasn't watching all the time like yeah but mm-hmm. um i don't know i've been super into new japan this year and what they're doing and i i do like the tag stuff like you said it's a little eh. um but you know i think i think we're getting to a, a good place with um new japan yeah, I really do think New Japan is recovering from, you know, the, the elite leaving and also the pandemic. I think the pandemic hurt them a lot. Big blow, yeah. Um, and I think Russell Kingdom, a lot of people are complaining because it's like, it's not New Japan. There's so much forbidden door, blah, 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 blah. But I think New Japan needs it. And I think bringing back Kenny Omega, um, especially for this singles match, which has been building since Will Ospreay was like a baby wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> since, since like his infancy of his career. Um, I think that's really big for New Japan. I'm really excited. I do expect FTR to lose in the dome. Yeah. Because uh, I think I think their like contract situation is tenuous. I don't think I don't know what New Japan what they're doing with New Japan, whatever. Um, I expect them to lose, especially because they lost the Ring of Honor titles in an incredible match, which we should talk about because my God, did I love that match. Um uh, and then I don't really know where New Japan goes from there, to be honest. Aussie Open, I guess. Like you could run that. Um, I I honestly have no idea, but I'm trusting the process. I'm back in the trust the process New Japan mode, uh, where they rarely, if ever, do me wrong. So, fingers crossed for Wrestle Kingdom. I guess that's my conclusion. But I mentioned the dog collar match, and I want to talk about the dog collar match. We talked about it last week a little bit. Um, we didn't go super like in depth with it or anything. No, we didn't. And also, like, I've been thinking about it a lot. And I'm like, I really do think this match, and maybe it's me just, like, romanticizing it too much and, like, being, like, because I'm an FTR mark through and through. Um, I really think it, like, sets the tone for tag team wrestling going into the new year. Like, this was such a high to close the year. Um, And I think think the Young Bucks have done a lot of that, like, raising the stakes for tag team wrestling. and, you know, this is a good point from Jackie. If FTR dropped the belt, I really wish they would have gotten more defenses in. I 100% agree, and I don't know why they haven't, because I feel like there's so many dream matches. Because FTR had, you know, Ring of Honor, IWGP, 
and uh, AAA. There's so many matches to do around the world. And we just weren't getting them. We just weren't getting them. And it's like, it's super weird to me because you would think that if this promotion, like New Japan or AAA or Ring of Honor is like, okay, you're our tag champs. Um, We got the Briscoes, you know, trilogy, which I feel like was good enough for the Ring of Honor side, the Ring of Honor corner. But I don't know. And like, maybe they couldn't go to Japan that much. Like and you maybe like um, COVID protocols and stuff too. Maybe like, but like you could have New Japan strong. Like you could have at least yeah. done something there. Um, I was really disappointed in that too. And if they drop the belts at Wrestle Kingdom, I do think there's a lot left on the table for them in New Japan. Uh, and I, I, I'm not saying they'll be done with New Japan because I don't know what their career is going to look like moving forward because they haven't really said a whole lot about it. Um, but especially in Japan and Mexico, it's like, what are we doing? I don't know. And you brought up strong, and I just want to say, um, Motor City is the current open weight tag champions. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that match, FTR versus Motor City Machine Guns. Whether I would it's Impact love- or New Japan or AEW, I don't care. I want it though. Yeah, and because we kind of got um, a little bit of that in the trios match from Forbidden Door, and but it's like. And that match was cool because we had, you know, the Dax Harwood, like, thing, the injury, whatever. That match was cool, and I really did enjoy it. But I think a lot of people were disappointed because we didn't get the two-on-two, FTR versus Motor City. And Motor City, I feel like, has been so underrated in 2022 because they're, I think, Impact and New Japan Strong are, you know, they're good shows, they're good wrestling, whatever. But I think a lot of fans have really zeroed in on WWE, AEW this year. So, which the two biggest promotions, it is what it is. But Motor City has been such a staple of tag team wrestling for so long. And so has FTR. And Motor City versus Young Bucks. Like, if you go back and you watch those, I think they're, I think those matches still beat a lot of what tag team wrestling is putting out today. So, it would be so cool to see that clash of styles in a two-on-two situation. And I would like it to be on a big stage, like in AEW or in New Japan or something like that. And I don't know why we haven't gotten it. Like, there's so much confusion around FTR this year, despite having, you know, a trilogy of like all timer tag team matches in a year. It's like, it's so weird to me. Yeah, I do think that FTR has been done a major disservice. Um, just, I don't, I don't see how you put the titles on them and then just they lose all momentum mm-hmm. and not because of them but because they're not defending the titles for these companies yeah and like i understand like covid protocols like i don't know what's going on like in japan and mexico with the, that the pandemic situation i have no idea but what i will say is i think <clears throat> i think ftr when they came into mexico and they had for whatever reason they had vicky guerrero with them <laughs> Which I was, was never explained. No. I got no explanation for that, but we'll stick with it. I think the heat they got in Mexico, fans were spitting on them. They tried to fight Dax Harwood. Like, that was crazy. Because you would think that um, FTR maybe is like, because they don't wrestle like a lucha style, that maybe Mex- Mexican wrestling fans like don't care. But they cared. They cared a lot about <laughs> FTR. And it's like, then they were like, okay, we're done in Mexico. Bye. What was that? I know. 
And I know we said we didn't want to do a lot of complaining this episode, but like, <laughs> Jackie brought it up. So we're going with it. What the heck? I know. I feel like if we, in 2023, if we don't get more FTR wrestling in AAA, oh boy, is that a, that's another, another ball dropped by the bookers that are booking FTR on their shows. Cause my God, what, what? They, that was incredible for me to see. And I think you could see it on Dax and Cash's faces. Like they're coming to the ring. They didn't expect that either. Like Mexican wrestling fans were like, we hate you. We hate you so much. And we don't, we hate Vicky too. And we're going to yell at Vicky too, because she's here for some reason. And that was so cool to me. And FTR versus like, you could do FTR versus Lucha Bros. Uh I'm like, you could still keep that AEW connection and really, really work that because Lucha Bros are, despite being an AEW, most times they're still super over in Mexico. Um, I'm, I'm like flabbergasted now. Like, I feel like we've opened Pandora's box. (laughs) (laughs) And Jackie says, my bad, this is my fault. No, you know what? You're completely valid in bringing this up. Because how are we going to have a 2022 reflection show? And not reflect on the tag team of the year, FTR. FTR FTR should be everybody's tag team of the year. Whether you like them or not, you cannot deny Let's be honest. The be- probably the best trilogy of tag team matches of all time, and from my perspective, and from a lot of other people's perspective, and you're free to disagree. Dax had an incredible singles run. He they wrestled in the Owen Hart tournament against each other and came out perfectly fine, like no no bad blood or anything. And I'm like I like think back on this year, and I'm like. Okay, the, the elite, you can't say the Young Bucks because the Young Bucks did not have a great year. But FTR versus the Young Bucks from April, wrestling five days after FTR versus Briscoe's at Supercard. Like, what a week for FTR. And, like, we forgot about it because they're not on TV. The whole, I don't know, just the whole, like, big question mark with FTR and AEW ugh, sucks. But if they do stick around, which I hope that they do, um, I would love to see them hold the titles again if they don't yeah. take them off of the account. And I don't know if they will. I think I think it would be really cool to see FTR versus the Acclaimed and see FTR get that win over the Acclaimed because like, we've said it like a million times before. AEW loves to do this thing where you lose your title challenges, you lose, and then eventually you win the title. Like they do it all. The- I don't think FTR needs to go through that. But FTR as two-time AEW World Tag Team Champions going into a feud with the Young Bucks in the into the summer, I would be so into that. And I need Tony Khan, if you're watching, I need you to do something with FTR and the Young Bucks. If we don't get another one, like what? I know. What was it all and, for? And like, and you brought it up too. Both teams would be uh, two-time champions. Mm-hmm. The Bucks would have a chip on their shoulder, you know. Of course, they'd want to be three-time champions and solidify themselves as the best tag team in AEW. Um, and I get, like, they want to just, like, let the dust settle and, like, wait. But I hate waiting. Like, I just want it. Like, <laughs> right yes. up. And I love the trios. I am loving this best of seven. And I love the House of Black doing this thing. I, I'm so into all of that. Um but I think the Young Bucks, their second reign especially, was kind of, like, meaningless. It, it, um, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was very much like, 
AW's in crisis. We and need to put this these belts on the young bucks because we just have to do it. Um, definitely, which is fair. Which which is completely fair. Like AW was in a bad spot. I don't want to dwell on it, but uh, they, and then they didn't get a good rain out of it. It was short. It was like over and like that, whatever. But if we need FGR versus Young Bucks again, and I feel like we also need another solid Young Bucks reign as mm-hmm. tag team champs. That's on my wish list for <laughs> maybe not 2023, maybe 2024, whatever. But I feel like rebuilding the AW tag team division, you can't not do FGR versus Young Bucks again. Yeah, that has to be a top priority for sure. Yeah, speaking of the Young Bucks, uh, there I have some Young Bucks matches on my match of the year list. Uh, FTR versus Young Bucks from Dynamite on April 6th. Um, but, like, a lot of trios. So, like, should we give our little moment to trios? I feel like we talk about trios every week. but <laughs> We do. But, like, listen, my match of the year was the Elite versus Death Triangle from Full Gear, which maybe is controversial, but I love that match, and I cried the entire time. <laughs> I I don't think anything could ever replicate that feeling. And I'm going to speak for Kylie because I know we feel the same way. I just don't think anything could replicate the feeling of hearing Carry On Wayward Son. And, and she was there live, bawling her eyes out. And I was at home. I can't even imagine how she felt um, in person seeing that. But just just the whole vibe of seeing them back after so long and just everything that happened. And I don't know. You just can't replicate it. And it was a really good match. Yeah, and like we could take our little moment and do some like little news thing. Uh, Young Bucks beat Death Triangle in the no DQ match, which was a great match. We had the barbed wire broom, which was like a, a Christmas gift to me, especially. Yeah. So good. Um, I'm like worried going into the next two, though. Uh, and before Jackie says it was unreal being there live for that. Jackie was like behind me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like crying. And I know she's crying. And it was, it was a whole experience. But going like and like January is kind of like a write-off month for AW because of New Japan. But starting the year with the elite as trios chance, like I don't think you could beat it. Especially with like the stipulations coming, especially like the Escalera de la Muerte, that match. I expect that to be like a match that we'll keep talking about and talking about and talking about. So it'll be really cool to see uh, the elite coming out of this uh, trio of really a good like stipulation matches. You know, the House of Black is there, but like also FTR is there and FTR is coming out of 2022 with three belts with, the tr- you know, an all time, you know, series against the Briscoes. Like, there's a lot that a lot of places they could go with that. And then of course you have um private party and Matt Hardy and Ethan Page doing something. That story, the con you own my contract. No, you don't. Like, why doesn't Tony Khan own Matt Hardy? How did that happen? <laughs> um, you know, I just I don't know anymore. I just And now Swerve has a faction. <laughs> I okay. And I know we said we weren't going to talk about, like, bad things. But, like, listen. <laughs> Keith and Swerve is going to be an all-timer when we get that match. And I'm so excited for it. But all of these, like, added things, I just don't get. And, like, it actually, like, actively made me mad. Um, 
I don't know. I was pretty mad too. And I know a lot of other people were mad because I feel like the story sells itself. And Swerve has never been someone who needs backup. No. Like he's always been confident and like in control of himself, whatever. Um, especially these two. Yeah. Like, I mean, people, people knew um Parker, like because they had seen him, whatever. But the other guy, everyone's like, who is this man with these tattoos and this wild hair? It was, it was saving sad. grace was Rick Ross and his like ad libs in the background. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I just couldn't stop laughing. It was distracting me from how mad I was about that. Tony Khan should like move mountains to get him like to like a six month contract as a manager, like something really dumb and just make him recurring because he's so funny. And I, I have like um, my toes in like the rap hip hop yeah. circle. Uh, not that you would know from my Twitter, but. Uh, anyway, there's like a lot of rap fans who are like, what the heck? Like Rick Ross is like in wrestling, but he's funny and he's cool. And we're super into that. And that's like a market that wrestling really needs to tap into because I feel like, uh, a lot of people focus on like wrestling and sports, like, but like wrestling and going into the arts, especially something as creative as like as rap, as R&B, as hip hop, as like all these genres, especially with someone like Rick Ross, who's like really respected as a creative mind. Uh, that'd be really cool. And like also gaming, which AW's game, like when's that coming out? I don't know. But gaming, I feel like, and that's an untapped market. So add that to the 2023 list if anyone's keeping track. Rick Ross, <laughs> AW contract. <laughs> I, I can't stop thinking. He dropped a live F-bomb. <laughs> And what he said, he said he saw Keith Lee's traps and was like, "Oh my god, that's a big boy." And he was so right. The intrusive thoughts really won. Like it just came out, and I don't blame him at all. And you know, you know what? That's completely fair because I have no impulse control either. <laughs> I I relate. I completely relate. Anyway, you, anyway, um, I also wanted to talk about this because I don't remember if we were doing tap talk. <laughs> That what week is this? 26? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, Anarchy in the Arena. Anybody remember Anarchy in the Arena? <laughs> Listen, so much has happened this year that like I feel like stuff that happened in the beginning, like nobody remembers. <laughs> you know what? And this wasn't even this was the middle of the year. Yeah. It feels like decades ago. <laughs> like I mean, the highlight for me of that match was one having um, Eddie Kingston really, like, proving that he can mix it up with guys like Jericho and Moxley and, like, all these other stars that were in the match. But I also really, really loved John Moxley's music looping. Yeah. And I feel like that makes me remember the match a lot more fond fondly than it actually was. It was a lot more fondness than it maybe it warrants. But that and it was chaotic. It was great. And AW needs to do more of that. Yeah, I love those matches. Yaki says recency bias is kicking my ass. Yeah. <laughs> this year, I every month or like every week, I would write down matches I liked from the week and I had like a going list. Uh, but like it was very difficult for me to compare, I don't know, like the FGR dog collar match to like what I have matches on here from January. Like I had, you do have to go back and rewatch them and like compare them and make sure like, like Shingo versus. Okada like I had to go back and rewatch that where does that stack against these matches that I just saw 
or and like also matches you saw in person. Like I feel like the especially with AEW, the experience of watching a match in person is like it really heightens it, maybe beyond where the match warrants. So you really do have to uh check your own bias in that. But you know what? It's my match of the year list. That was me live watching Cody and Sammy in Cody's last AEW match. Crazy. That that was on my list. But I was like but I booted it for um CM Punk Dax Harwood. Mm. And someone's young me and they were like, you have no Cody on your list. Like, are you just mad at Cody? And I'm like, no. First of all, Cody missed like a huge chunk of the year. And second of all, like I did think about it. You know what? There's only 22 spots on my list. But he was there. He was there. There was just a better match for you. you know? And, and um, Cody versus, uh, what is it? Seth Rollins. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, Cody versus Seth Rollins. Like, the Hell in a Cell one with the purple yeah. purple chest. It was fine. Like, I liked it. But, like, do I think it's, if, if he hadn't had that injury and, like, the shock of that, do I think that match holds up against, other good singles matches or FTR versus the Briscoes or any of that. No, I don't. Sorry. I don't even think like, I think there's matches in WWE that beat it. Mm-hmm. I think Roman Reigns has had matches that beat it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are, we, we started this show and we said, we're not going to complain. We're not going to be negative, And here we are. We're not going to be controversial, you know. We're just, we're just gonna feel it out. We're just gonna have good vibes. <laughs> Here we yeah, are, thirty-seven exactly. minutes in. But you know what? You know what else is good vibes? Kind of dark order mm-hmm. on my match of the year list. And number three, I have the Lee versus Hangman Page in the Dark Order from AW All Out on September fourth. Which All Out? We're not going to talk about her, but this match. I think Dark Order is being wasted in AEW, and I really would like to see Dark Order. Um, and you know, I'm being the elite. They've had segments talking about trios, whatever. I would love to see Dark Order have to contend with House of Black in 2023 in the elite division. Uh, the elite division. Oh my god, the trios division. <laughs> I mean, it's basically the basically the elite. It was made for the elite. <laughs> um, and I know Haley kind of agrees, but also. What do you think about having Dark Order and House of Black in a program? Well, just like Dark Order in general. Oh, I mean, I love the Dark Order, and I I do agree with you that I think that they're being wasted. I think they've had a rough go at things this year, losing members and you know yeah. contracts expiring and all of that. Um, but I do hope that in 2023, like that turns around for them. Um. For a second, like, uh, when Preston left, I was like, oh, they're going to disband. Like, this is it. Like, it's over. Like, so dramatic about it. Um, But I think we can rebuild. Um, Mm -hmm. It's going to take some time. But I think think we can get them back in a good place. And hopefully, eventually, like, we'll see some of the people that left return down the line, maybe. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking about this uh, in preparation for this uh, this show. And, you know, a, there's all these reports. AW is being super careful with Adam Cole. Like, they don't want to rush him. They want to make sure because he was, you know, horrifically injured. Like, that's a major injury. Um, 
And I was thinking, like, Adam Cole in the Kingdom in trios, that's basically, like, that's an easy thing for AEW to do, a way to integrate Adam Cole back in without putting too much stress on him. And I think because of the connection on being the elite and also in AEW between Adam Cole and Silver and Reynolds, that would be a cool little thing for AEW to do, Kingdom versus – because everyone talks about Kingdom versus the elite, Kingdom versus the elite, which I think, you know – is probably next best between Undisputed versus the Elite. And, you know, Bobby Fish is gone, being and he's being Bobby Fish. Um, but anyway, I think the Kingdom is, like, a close second. And not that I think they're second place. But, like, I think Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, that story was built with the Young Bucks. But whatever. Um, and I do agree with this. Dark Order needs to be pushed more as a serious team instead of a comedy act. I do agree. Um but I also think part of the appeal, especially of Silver and Reynolds, part of the appeal of them is that they're funny and that they're like, um, they're entertaining in not like Dark Order can never be House of Black. I feel like that ship has sailed. They didn't get over with the minions, they didn't get over as like this weird cult. What got them over is BTE skits of them getting abused by Mr. Brody and all like the funny things that happened out of that. So like, I think pushing them more as like serious contenders for things. Yes. But as a serious, like we're just going to wrestle and be wrestlers. No. Um, we have a super chat from Hala. My bold 2023 predictions is Stu Grayson return. I definitely agree. I think Stu Grayson was like so important to the wrestling like the wrestling side of dark order but i also think Stu grayson as a character i don't think aw ever really like dove in there like they should have so overall i think dark orders 2022 was rough but i think hangman page is back i think you know their bte is back dark order will be fine you know what we know what i've been thinking about a lot and maybe this is, like, because Kota Bushi, like, his um, situation is, like, up in the air, whatever. <clears throat> but do you remember that promo where Cody's, like, uh, it's, like, in Ring of Honor. And Cody's, like, Bullet Club is fine. Uh-huh. And, then, like, like, when he's feuding with Kenny. And Kenny's, like, talking about making out with Cody's wife, like, uh-huh. apparently more than once. That, but it's Dark Order and Adam Cole. I would love that. I would love that. That'd be so great. Especially with, like, the, like, Brit and Tony Schiavone stuff, like, and Adam Cole. I love that. Um, yeah. I think it'd be a good integration for sure. Yeah, and I think I think this is a good point. Um, Hala says, I think there's a slot for Uno and Grayson in the tag division when there wasn't for a while. Yeah. I 100% agree. I think AEW was so focused on building a tag team division that they overbuilt yeah. so that people were left off TV and then they took a lot of those people and put them in the trios. So now it's like AW's in like this weird situation. But I definitely think Stu Grayson is an asset wherever he is. If that's AW, cool. If that's somewhere else, cool. Uh, I think he's super underrated as a wrestler. And Stu Grayson versus Adam Cole would be incredible. So good. Tony, so- if you're watching. <laughs> Tony, if you're watching. <laughs> you took your um, ideas before. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, listen, there's some weird coincidences. And I think it's just because we know Tony Khan's, like, 
mind. Yeah. Like, we I, I know the brain, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I know the pattern of how Tony Khan books. Uh, but, like, it's still, it's still a little weird, Tony. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> but I've been talking a lot about my matches of the year, and I want you give us something on your match of the year list, and maybe people in the chat. Like, what's one of your matches of the year? Doesn't have to be number one, but a match that you liked. I'm gonna go off the indies because we haven't talked about the indies really at all. Um, mm-hmm. And this was a match that I got to see live, and. And I loved it so much. Um, it was in GCW. It was TOS weekend, and it was Los Macisos versus Rena and Toru. Such yeah. a good match. I love that match so much. I've gone back and watched it at least three times. Uh, GCW and their like tag division, if you can call it that. It's not really a tag division, but their tag matches. Uh, like, they can, when they do them, like this, they're done right. And mm-hmm. I think, like, the deathmatch side of things, like, it really, in this match particular, brought out something really cool that, like, we don't see a lot in GCW or mm-hmm. tag team wrestling, really. Um, I don't know. I really loved it, though. If you guys haven't seen that match, I recommend. Yeah, and I... Think we, I think we reviewed it on Tag Talk. Mm-hmm. So it's in an episode somewhere. If you want to go, it was. It might have been our first episode of Tag Talk. Oh God, don't go back and watch that <laughs> because we started Tag Talk right after that. You know what? Time feels twenty twenty two has been weird for us, and uh, I don't know where that match sits in our tag talk thing. But you know, go back and re- if you want to relive twenty twenty two live as it happens, go rewatch tag talk because we've been super candid on this show about our opinions on some things. And one of the things I've been super candid about is GCW. So I'm not going to dwell on it. Not them in a while. It's been a couple months for a good reason. Yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, if you want, like, my real thoughts on GCW and tag team wrestling, like, go back and watch it because I don't want to dwell on it because I will get very upset again. Uh, some matches from the chat that I think are super cool. Hater versus Sheeta. Super good. Love that match. Uh, Gunther versus Sheamus. I did love this match. Uh, it didn't make my match of the year list because it's not exactly, like, the style of wrestling that I favor. Um but I thought it was really good. And if I had like top 25 or top 30, it would have been in there. Definitely one of the best matches WWE has produced. I, th- I think in my opinion, a lot in a long, long, long time. And I like seeing Sheamus utilized. I like Sheamus is super underrated. Yeah. And I think I go back sometimes and I watch the bar, which was Sheamus and Claudio or Cesaro. And I think they were super, like, they were really good as a tag team, and I never feel like they get their due, the bar. Uh, and especially Sheamus's role in that. Because I think Cesaro in WWE got a lot of the attention because he people wanted him to be pushed. They wanted him to be world champ. They wanted all these things for him. But then, like, Sheamus, people, I think a lot of people have written Sheamus off as, like, past his prime. He's he's, he's reached the mountain. He's never going to be there again, whatever. But I think Sheamus has worked very hard to get in better shape to, you know, hone his wrestling ability. And I love Sheamus in 2022. So I I will give Sheamus his due. Uh, Claudio versus Takeshita. That was also on my match of the year list. That was a super, super great match. And I, Takeshita in AW has been, 
absolutely incredible. Uh, I don't know what like what plans they have for him, but like I love Takeshita. I have a match with uh, Takeshita on my list too. It's uh, the Nick Wayne match. That was so good. <laughs> um, if you know me, you know I'm a big fan of Nick Wayne. Um, and I can't wait to see what he does next year. And I think he's had just a super great 2022. Um, but I love that match so much. Another super great match. I think I think Nick Wayne kind of gets um, criticized a lot in a lot of ways. Like, I think a lot of people look at him and they're like, he's, you know, it's gimmicky, it's hokey, it's whatever. There's been a thousand Nick Waynes, but there hasn't. Like, I think Nick Wayne is really, really special. And when you put him in the ring with people like Takeshita, um, I think it really shows why he gets the attention that he does. Love Nick Wayne. We are Nick Wayne stands. We really are. Uh, Athena versus Mercedes Martinez. I, I love that one, too. And one of the things I really want for Ring of Honor, which we're, me and Kyle are filming a Ring of Honor 2023 kind of, like, wish list. Uh, video that's going to be on romanticized wrestling sometime next month at the beginning of the year. Um, but a little a little teaser for Tag Talk viewers. Um, one of the things I really want in Ring of Honor in 2023 is a women's tag division. I think AEW maybe doesn't have the space to, to do a proper women's tag division, but I think Ring of Honor does. And I think that would be something that you could bring easily into AWTV and back and forth, whatever. And I would love to see... Um, both Athena and Mercedes Martinez really pioneer um, th- both the women's singles division, but also women's tag. Uh, Jackie says, Wheeler Yuta has been killing it this year. Him versus Mox versus Garcia versus Jericho. I wouldn't say they are my top matches, but he needs a shout out. Wheeler has been incredible. The Blackpool Combat Club, you know, there was a little bit of a valley there, but I think they've recovered since then. And like looking back on the founding of the Blackpool Combat Club, looking at Wheeler Yuta earning his spot. And Takeshita has also earned his spot. Where's his due? He bled with Mox. I'm not going to write about that too long, but Blackpool Combat Club, I think, is super interesting for EW. And I think Wheeler Yuta, <clears throat> I don't think his beef with uh, Danielson is done, but I'm super excited about that. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people uh, wrote Yuta off um, when the Blackpool Combat Club was first formed and mm-hmm. I I don't know um he's had a really good year uh and I'm glad that people have come around I definitely agree I think um I don't know if Blackpool Combat Club is gonna get back to recruiting like I would think Daniel Garcia will end up there eventually mm-hmm. um because I think the Garcia in Blackpool Combat Club versus Danielson who's out of Blackpool Combat Club I think that is a very interesting dynamic and I think AW knows that and will capitalize on it but um, a lot of people want Jamie Hader. I don't know if Jamie Hader will make it in there. But regardless, Wheeler Yuta really um, taking on not a senior role in Blackpool Combat Club, but like the experienced like big brother role to these other people coming in would be super cool. Um, uh, Hala says if either AW or Ring of Honor develop a women's tag division, they should 100% lean on stardom and TJP dub partnerships for title defenses. Yes, I 100% agree. I think the stardom New Japan relationship has been underutilized by AEW to, you know, there's been talent, but like AEW should have pulled more of that because if you look at the, um, the highest rated AEW women's matches, who's in it, Joshi talent stardom is like the best Joshi promotion in the world. And AEW needs to like 
I don't know if there's some holdup. I don't know if AW is not trying. I don't know if stardom doesn't want it, whatever. But I think AEW really should pull a lot from that. And I think an AEW stardom uh, women's tag tournament or something like that, a talent exchange, something cool, like a big event, maybe for the Owen, like they'll pull in stardom talent, maybe something like that. I think it'd be really, really cool because one of my matches of the year, it was like, uh, it was four or five, I don't remember, was Yuka Sakazaki versus Riho from the Owen. So AEW fans have proven that they love Joshi wrestling. So, listen, I I 100% agree. And Sheeta and Siri are best friends IRL. I didn't know that, but listen, Sheeta and uh, Siri as a tag team would be cool. And like I said, I don't think AW has... AW has space for a men's tag division. They can make the space. I don't think... Tony Khan wants to sacrifice a lot of like these other men's stories that are happening or women's single stories, which we have a lot of going on, but women's tag would be interesting in ring of honor with new Japan and stardom and TJPW and triple a. If I mean, getting new Japan and triple a to work together would be difficult, but I mean, if, if they could do it, they could do it. So it'd difficult, be really cool. but not impossible. Yeah, I mean, it's impossible. You know, nothing is impossible. And the CMLL New Japan relationship is so like, what's the word? Like lackadaisical. It's like it's just there for um, New Japan Young Lions to go to Mexico to do their excursions to train. So if you could figure out a way to overcome the CMLL AAA beef, it'd be fun. And I also think that would be a good way for AEW to position the AEW Ring of Honor universe as like a good alternative to WWE because WWE women's tag division has gone <laughs> there's it's, it's barely there. There's nothing there really. I'm not even gonna get started on that. <laughs> I mean we we talked about it before. So like I said, go back and watch Tac Talk if you want our thoughts on that. I think we have a whole dedicated episode to WWE like episodes back. So you can check that I'll, out. I'll- is it fine? We we also did we did AW one too, didn't we? Uh huh. So AW WWE, go watch those because I think it's weird to me that a lot of the criticism still applies from Vince to Triple H. Like I feel like I I won't go because a lot of people hate when I talk badly about poor Triple H. But it is what it is. But I definitely agree about the women's tag division. Hundred percent. So Haley, did you have any other matches from 2022? Any any tag teams? Any promotions you wanted to talk about? Let me look over my list again. You know, I think we talked about a lot of them. We really um, did. We covered a lot of our bases. Wow. Wow. Oh, I did want to actually because we we kind of skipped over Impact a little bit. Oh yeah, um, you're right. But I did want to say, like Impact this year has been quietly building like a really good tag division like they have a lot of good uh mm-hmm. men uh tag teams right now and i mean the knockouts division is great um but i mean they have uh motor city they have the major players Ethan rhino um ace austin and chris bay like they they got some heavy hitters over there and i i don't think that people should count impact out you know yeah, I think Impact, uh, 2022 for Impact was weird because yeah. you had, um, you know, the post-Kenny Omega age. Mm-hmm. And then also, um, 
they're working with New Japan, like the Bullet Club is there. <clears throat> and then like all of a sudden, 2022, like Kenny Omega's gone. You know, no more Jay White really on Impact TV. Chris Bay, he's still a Bullet Club. Uh, but they really did like capitalize on the attention they've gotten. And I, in my opinion, better than I think a lot of people expected. So you know what? Shout out to Impact. You're 100% right. We should have given them their due. Um, and I, I feel like they get ignored. Like I read a lot because I love match of the year lists. I love tag team of the year lists from all, all places. Impact kind of does get ignored. Like it's, it's almost like being on impact for whatever reason, like get you down five spaces, like regardless of how many like good matches you had. And there have been so many great matches in the knockouts division I mean, and Mickey James and Jordan and Deanna and Chelsea, like, uh, have all been uh, super, like, prevalent in a lot of my favorite matches in Impact this year. Yeah, and Tasha, Savannah, I mean, you know, I could just keep I, going. <laughs> yeah, and Josh Alexander versus Bailey was an instant classic, 100% was. So I think... I would like to see Impact and AEW work together again mm -hmm. in a more productive way. And for, and you know, we said it a million times while the relationship was happening for the women's division. Um, but I, I 100% agree. And now I feel awful that we didn't talk that more about Impact. But you know what? It is what it is. FTR versus Briscoes was like the highlight of 2022. It was. And I love how we said we were going to talk about the dog collar match and we just. <laughs> went right over it again. I, th I don't even remember what we started talking about. I think Forbidden Door. I think we were like, you know what? Let's like break it down. But then I think... <laughs> did we talk about... We, I think that was when Jackie piped in with like, I wish FTR was utilized more. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know what? What, FTR what, like, <laughs> what an episode this is called. Jackie, we love you. <laughs> we love Jackie. Um, and of course, there's like a million other matches from around the world that we could talk about. But we're coming up on an hour, and we don't want to bore you guys to death. We, But you know what? Thank you guys for, like, sticking with it. And, like, we wanted this to be low-key. Last tag talk of the year. Just have some fun. Uh, thank you for sitting through my FTR rant. Because I know that wasn't fun. But, like, 2023 is, like, I don't know. It's so interesting for wrestling. Like, there's so many free agent news going around. There's so many, like, AEW is getting a new look, a new vibe, which I'm excited about. Yeah, we WWE is... Teaser. Oh, I'm so excited about it. Controversial teaser. Uh, I mean, I liked it. I'm just going to stand by that. Uh, WWE is, like, getting its first big test with this, uh, with WrestleMania, and, like, Royal Rumble to WrestleMania for the Triple H era. Uh, we're not even going to talk about the other man who wants to come back because he's banned from the show. But overall, I think wrestling is like in a good spot, which at the beginning of 2022, I didn't think it was. But now it's been a good year. And you know what? We've done a lot of shows this year. And I, I feel like if you went back and you watched those, just how <laughs> I feel like the progression is real. We were so negative on a lot of stuff at the beginning of this year. Um but then as the summer hit, I feel like stuff kind of started to go on up and up in a lot of ways. Yeah, I feel like, listen, <laughs> not to get too like crazy personal, but when we started Tag Talk, 
we were in a bad spot, like personally, uh, both of us. But like, I feel like the like this show and like also you guys, you've really like, you made me fall back in love with wrestling. And I think 2022 felt a lot worse than it was. And like looking back on it uh, and doing the show, reflecting and like preparing for the show, I think um, 2022 was a good year for wrestling. It was a good year for tag talk. And like a lot of really cool things happened in wrestling. And I think 2023 will be even better. And I do want to say, just to echo um, Kylie's sentiment, uh, thank you guys for sticking with us. If you've been here since the first episode or from past projects and things that we've done, thank you guys so much. Like Kylie said, we were in a super bad place. Um, we both were kind of at a crossroads with wrestling and wrestling media. And if we wanted to continue, if we were done, um, but you guys and just watching the show every week and tweeting us and just, you know, sending us compliments and like things that you love about the show. Like it really does mean a lot to Kylie and I, I'm going to start crying. <laughs> it really does mean a lot to us. And I, I know, I don't want to speak for Kylie, but I know that Tag Talk is something that we're both super excited. I'm like, I'm literally in tears. <laughs> this is how, like, I'm speaking from the heart right now. Um, but it's something that we both look forward to every week. We love uh, planning out the episode for you guys and just getting to talk about it with you. It's something that we look forward to. And we have a lot of plans for 2023. Because um, we just want to thank you guys for, you know, everything that you've done this year for us. Um, so, you know, I just hope that we can, you know, give you guys a good year. So, Haley, do your plugs before like, this goes completely off the rails. Therapy session! Um, all right. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Haley at underscore. Um, I also have a sub stack where I write about, you know, all my favorite things in wrestling. I love how the sun just disappeared. Um, but it's called The Wrestling Muse. So, you guys can check that out. It's free to subscribe. Um. All right, here's my big plug. She's got to run through them all. <laughs> I know. You can follow me on Twitter at Fuller underscore Kylie. Post everything I'm doing there. Like I mentioned earlier, me and Kyle, who was our other team member at Romanticized Wrestling. Romanticized Wrestling is also getting a facelift in 2023. Yes. We're going to get into it. I'm very <laughs> okay. But one of the things Kyle and I are doing is our show uh, Romantics, R-O-H, Mantics. We're going to do a 2023, like, uh, pitches, goals sort of video for Ring of Honor. So follow me on Twitter for more info on that. Um, you can follow at Romantic Wrestle, which is Romanticized Wrestling. That's me, Haley, and Kyle. Um, we have a lot of plans for that, and we're super excited about it. So follow me on Twitter. Follow Haley on Twitter. Follow at Romantic Wrestle for all of that news. Um, you can, if you're watching this after we go live, thank you, but you can like this video, you can comment below. We still care what you have to say. What are your matches of the year? Who's your tag team of the year? I want to know. Comment it below. Subscribe to Fightful Overbooked. Um, there's other shows that are doing a lot of really cool stuff. Fightful Overbooked is like, they're such a great team. And I really, really want you guys to go watch every, all the content that's happening because I'm super into it. All that being said, did I cover all the plugs? Oh, Tag Talk is in the new year. We're going to be the same slot. 3 p.m. Monday, Fightful Overbooked. Same slot, no changes. FTR is Tag Team of the Year.
period. We'll see you guys in the new year. Thank you guys so much for watching. And thank you so much for supporting us this year. It means the world. And we'll see you. Bye. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.